0: Welcome to episode 3 of Pictures and Dialogues. I am your host, the Jeshwar Sharma, and today is a very special episode because it is my birthday. I am turning, or in fact, I've turned 28 today, so happy birthday to me, and I had a great day, celebrated uh, it with my my family, I had celebrated my birthday, no, it wasn't really my birthday, but it was... Um, sort of a, a, a pre-birthday celebration um, on Saturday. So um, anyways, this is episode 3 of Pictures and Dialogues. And I had a chance last night to watch another film um, that I have technically seen before. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about it since it's still fresh in my mind. So... This is the Birthday Podcast. I'm 28 and I'm feeling great. I am super excited to continue to do weekly episodes like I promised last week. So I will try to stick to my original commitments. So last night I had a chance to watch Mother. And if you haven't seen this, it's directed by Darren Aronofsky. And he is a visionary director. He has made uh, Requiem for a Dream, and also, which I've not seen, by the way. And he's also made Black Swan, which I did see. Um, I'll reserve my comments for that film for another time. And if I'm not mistaken, he's also made The Fountain. But again, I've not seen that film. So the reason I'm going to be reviewing and talking a little bit about Mother is because I watched it with someone else and they didn't like it. I did like it. I did like it the first time that I saw it as well and there's a few reasons why. So I'm going to be talking about the reasons as to why I think it's probably one of the most unique and um, cult-like films that will... Begin to appreciate and value, and also in terms of um, historical influence over the next decade. So, of course, when this film came out, I believe it was in 2017. It definitely divided a lot of people. Critics were divided. Audiences did not like it. Uh, I know it premiered at the, uh, I think it was the Venice uh, Film Festival, and so a lot of the original people who watched the film the the first screening of the film were not impressed and i know for, for example some others were so again it was a divisive film and i think over the past two years ever since it has been shown at different festivals and now it's also available on some of the web streaming services for example it is available on netflix so you can watch it there something to be aware of with this film is that it's not meant for mainstream audiences it's clearly um in fact it 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 clearly sort of uh i would say uh belongs to the experimental genre of filmmaking so it's trying you know a host of different things for example there's so many things happening with the cinematography the sound design And also as well as with the direction and the dialogues and sort of the entire uh, mise-en-scene that the director has set up for the whole film. So the film is actually quite lean. I think it clocks in at about two hours and a couple minutes, so it's not too long. But there's always something happening, and in fact the film is set out in a three-act structure. So the first act uh, begins with the introduction uh, this couple who lives in a remote location, and the mother is played by Jennifer Lawrence, who remains nameless but is no, but is known as as mother, and she lives there with her husband, who appears to be a struggling writer, and we don't know him, we don't know his name either. But in the film, uh, once the credits are revealed, he's known as Capital H I M, so he's him. And what happens after this is um, sort of a series of events um, start in the first act. There is a strange couple, in fact, a strange man that arrives at their house and begins to seek um, solace in their house and begins to stay the night. And there's a series of uh, unusual events that happen during the night that are shown off camera and probably for a few reasons. I'm not quite sure yet. This film, by the way, before I continue, this film is extremely complicated, and it will take repeated viewings to actually understand every single scene that is uh, happening, and to understand as to why it has been uh, filmed like this. Um, So, like I was saying, in terms of the cinematography, the first act establishes this quite well. Uh, The camera is a lot of the handheld camera work, so... Um, no tracking shots, no long shots, uh, long takes. It's a lot of fast movements, cutting. Um, I think the film opens slightly with a bit of a long take uh, just to establish the setting. So the entire film pretty much takes place inside their house. But it sort of reminded me of a, a, a theater piece where, in fact, the camera is either in front of Jennifer Lawrence's character and we see her approaching we're sort of watching her approach the subject or the camera is behind jennifer lawrence's character and we're following her to discover what she's discovering other than that the camera does not really follow any other character it's told it's told exceptionally from uh, jennifer lawrence's character's perspective and that's it so once the odd character has showed up who by the way is played by um, very creepy Ed Harris, who's a great actor, by the way. Uh, the next day, I believe, his wife shows up. And so after that, it begins to get a little strange. Their children show up. And um, I think, who is it? Ed Harris' um, character's wife is played by Michelle Pfeiffer. So that was nice to see. Uh, these are some great actors you know, who have come in from the 80s and 90s. And they're coming in to, to play these, uh, the, you know, the, the older couple in, in the film, and they do a very good job. Both of them together, they're both very strange. They both sort of espouse the same feelings of we are here, but uh, we're taking over your house slowly. So, in the second act, uh, what happens is that their children actually show up, and there's a conflict between their two sons. And what happens after that is um, one of the sons accidentally... Um, I, I don't think he murders him, but he accidentally strikes him extremely hard, which leads to um, Javier Bardem's character, uh, him, to bring this one of the sons who's been struck to the hospital. So what happens after this now... Um, You think that everything's going to go back to normal. By the way, when all this is happening, there's a lot of establishment of Jennifer Lawrence's character as to what she's trying to do. She's trying to essentially set the house in order. She's trying to bring life. It's quite clear that there is some tension between both um, Jennifer Lawrence's character and also Javier Bardem's character. Um, there is something beneath, you know, what, what's happening, but we can't quite figure it out, and that's what happens throughout the first act and the second act, and then it's clear that, you know, after the second act ends, um, it's it's very clear because Jennifer Lawrence character, um, her character, uh, explicitly states what the issue is, and I won't say what it is, um, not that I'm afraid of spoiling it, but that. Um, essentially the two of them cannot connect and they've been trying to uh, have a child and unfortunately they can't. So Javier Bardem's character is struggling to write. He is sort of met with these strange guests over I think what appears to be the duration of maybe two or three days. Jennifer Lawrence's character is struggling to uh, keep up with the insanity that is unfolding because there's a bunch of strangers in her house, and she's really struggling, uh, trying to understand and decipher the entire situation. So once I believe the second act finishes and it's completed, um, it sort of the film unrolls into um, what I would call the oh snap moment of the film, and the third act in this film is something else. It's something i still remember the first time i had watched it and i was wondering how did he he being the filmmaker um darren aronofsky think about this there's clear um and extremely explicit um, gory and violent sequences that unfold in the third sequence but i didn't really understand it the first time i was trying to wrap my head around it and grasp the concept but it wasn't until I watched it again last night, and I realized that you know, there's once you understand the first act, the second act, and the third act, you understand, from what I can see, at least um, sort of uh, first level of analysis, what the filmmaker is trying to explain and what is trying, what he's trying to say is is happening. Um, so instead of just you know summarizing what happens in the first. Act and the second act and the third act, especially in the third act of the film, I don't want to, you know, really reveal too much of what happens because it's very strange and unusual, and it's just, in my opinion, um, I, I'm not quite sure how they filmed that, but, but in my opinion, it's nothing short of brilliant. Um, the the way that the camera has sort of um, moved so seamlessly from you know one room to the other and also to maintain the level of intensity and the, the level of intrigue it's something extraordinary and i still remember aronofsky did this in black swan when in fact i believe it was also one of the film critics that made a remark about how well the camera moves between all of the characters and it it just enhances the the haunting feeling that unfolds in the third act—it um, is extremely disturbing. If you've seen reviews about this, this is not. This is the first time you're hearing about this film. I would recommend that you look it up before before actually watching it because it is extraordinarily disturbing. But essentially, what I understood, and I think what from other. People have understood, audiences and also critics, is that there's some sort of biblical narrative, um, you know, this sort of biblical tone as well to the entire film. Uh, A lot of the film rests on the fact that Javier Bardem's character is essentially a representation of God. He is a creator, he has, you know, the house in the remote area. There's many references, many meaning, maybe probably two, but there's many references made to the fact that Jennifer Lawrence character uh, is trying to create paradise uh, in the home. They're trying to bring a life into the home. Uh, the fact that people just show up uninvited and seek solace and also shelter, and whenever jennifer lawrence characters ask what are you doing here this is our home you need to leave uh they just sort of say well the poet the poet has invited us we are here and the poet is the creator and the creator is god and in this case it is javier Bardem's character there's also a few other things throughout the film that are subtle and that make reference to biblical narratives and sort of have i think um Sort of extracts from, I don't know, different and significant verses of of the Bible. So, for example, even all of the names, they're all lowercase. Whereas with Javier Bardem's uh, character, him, the H is capital. And also for the the same thing goes with um, the theme of the Bible, right? Uh, God is capital G-O-D. So, that's another way to determine that there's clearly some sort of... um, reason that or at least some sort of understanding that the filmmaker wants this house to be a microcosm of you know the the universe and the fact that God has invited these people in and or sorry has not invited these people in but they just sort of seem to follow uh, him wherever he goes and you get sort of more of an understanding of that in the third act of the uh, of the film because what happens then is there's a variety of different things happening and it's so hard to explain, but also there's a lot of conflict and violence and in fact murder that happens. But this is essentially the fact that um, at this point Jennifer Lawrence um, character is uh, very pregnant and in fact she, Is ready to give birth that evening. But the whole representation of the third act. From what I understand. Is that this is the baby. Now entering the world. Which is filled up with chaos. And torture. And conflict. And suffering. And disease. And sadness. And so this is what I think. The filmmaker was trying to do. And again the film has been divisive. But you have to understand it from a filmmaker's perspective. Um, you can describe it as possibly being um, navel-gazing or self again aggrandizing, but it 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 could come across as that. But you have to respect the vision behind it. So I mean, in terms of technical uh, criteria, it's nothing short of a miracle that this film works so well. And I was really paying attention yesterday. To the sound in the film how when the camera cuts away there's knocks there's footsteps um, but it appears it, it always happens off screen but it appears as though we are there and this is um, really with the help of great cinematography and the great camera work and also the great sound design that it really has this sort of haunting feel to the entire film i wouldn't say the film is a horror film it's definitely a psychological thriller Uh, they're extremely um, graphic scenes um, violent scenes and stuff that will make you uncomfortable but if you're looking for something that will um, sort of challenge your understanding and if you're open to learning and seeing um, you know in my opinion what can be American cinema at its best as opposed to just seeing um, you know weak Complacent cinema. This is American cinema at its best. In fact, Darren Aronofsky has been known to really uh, challenge the, the concept of what is traditional cinema. So I'm definitely going to be looking into his other films. Uh, like I said, I've already seen Black Swan, but uh, Mother was something that has a very unique look to it. In fact, even just the title um, of, of Mother is characterized as such that it is unique. It's a lowercase m. And it finishes with an exclamation mark. And the poster of the film has this very unique look to it. So it, it definitely is uh, a film that I would recommend if you're open to seeing a new type of American cinema. And I'm on the hunt for, for trying to find more films like this. So thank you for joining me. This was episode 3 of Pictures and Dialogues. This was a uh, the birthday episode as well, and um, I will be recording another episode next Sunday. And I'm really looking forward to some of the movies coming out over the next couple weeks. We have, of course, um, uh, Quentin Tarantino's new film *Once Upon a Time in Hollywood* coming out, and I just also happened to casually watch, uh, rewatch *Kill Bill* Volume One and Volume Two last week. So I will definitely be talking about some of the Tarantino films, possibly next week or the week after. So uh, please do continue to uh, listen and enjoy the film critic um, and uh, sorry the film critique and the film analysis. And again, these are unscripted podcasts and unedited. I'm ex- I'm just talking to you straight into the microphone, and I really do hope that you do enjoy it. So until next time, this is Pictures and Dialogues, Episode 3, and I am your host, the Jayshwar Sharma.